Hello there, and welcome to episode 159 of Dude and a Monkey. My name's Ian Loring. As always, I'm joined by... Matt Foster. Hey, guys. Yeah, yeah, keeping it keeping it nice and chill. Keeping it nice and chill. Yeah, yeah, I bought a four-pack of Magnus today, because uh, work was... Uh, it was a bit intense today. Um, yeah, you you were on you were on complaints apparently, weren't you? I'm on complaints all week. Ooh, that's ow, that sounds just horrible. It's not it's not great. It's not great. And you know the thing is, you know, a lot of the time I listen to the calls that some of my colleagues make, and I just think, yeah, fair enough. You've 100% got a right to complain there. He doesn't sound like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, that's fine. But that guy, this other this other guy, yeah. Yeah, he said he was going to do all that for you. There's no way he's going to be able to do that. Don't know why he said that. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I, I can imagine it can be quite frustrating because you kind of, knowing a lot of these people, you're kind of thinking, I, w- I want to be on their side because, you know, we're on the same team. And then you, you listen to it and you go, oh, but you're not making it easy, guys. Yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah. I've got, I've got a 49-minute call I have to listen to tomorrow. Um, and that's going to be great. 49 minutes of my life. Wow. So, you know, there's that. At, so, at least you're getting paid for it, is that all I can say? Is that the only positive spin you can put on that one. Yeah, well, I got an interview. Well, I, I should have an interview for a secondment next week, which if I do get will take me to a different area and it's a couple of pay grades up. So sweet. we'll see what happens. But Mark, Mark spent the weekend in a hot tub. I did, yes. Uh, I spent the weekend away uh, in a hot tub um, in uh, a little town called Bransburton, uh, essentially eating, drinking um, copious amounts of beer and gin, uh, watching movies and being in a hot tub. I I didn't actually um, go... I got out of the car when we got there at um, 3 o'clock on the Friday and then didn't actually set foot in a, in a car from then until uh, this morning, which is Monday, uh, at 10 o'clock when we left. Um, yeah, I walked everywhere else. Um, and usually when we go to this same cabin, we usually go to Bridlington for the day, um, essentially just to walk around and be really shitty about the place because it is a horrible place. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example of, of, of how Bridlington can be one of those places where you go... Oh, come on, Bridlington. There's a waltzers uh, in Bridlington along the front, um, and along the side of it, it kind of says uh, different styles of music. So it says, like, rap and rock. And one of them, and I swear to God, and I haven't taken a picture of this, and I really, really should have, I swear to God, one of them actually says black music. You should have asked them how they differentiate between rap and black music. Because really it's fair to say that rap is predominantly a, uh, a, 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 a black a, a, genre. A, yeah, it is. Yeah, but uh, so yes, we usually go through to that, but we decided against it um, this this time because we wanted to just essentially just chill out. So that that's that's all we did was eat, drink, and chill in a hot tub. That's very good. So Mark's um, got quite a bit of uh, what we watched apparently, as do I. So. Yes, yeah, well, I'll tell you before we get into what you watched, before we get into the Demir review, the way that we did it is there's actually a, there's a DVD player in the um, in the cabin, and it's hooked up to the TV in the bedroom and the TV in the kind of living room area there. Um, so 
rather than sort of take the uh, take a Blu-ray player or an Apple the Apple TV or anything like that because there's a real there's Wi-Fi there but it's quite kind of you know ropey to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do usually is um, when we go through to Bridlington we buy uh, a few sort of DVDs or something from um, CEX but we weren't going through to Bridlington this time so we went in on. Friday morning, and went in with a tenner's budget into CX and bought uh, nine uh, DVDs for nine pound fifty, uh, and took them with us. <laughs> and so, like, so we had a we had like a choice of like nine films we could watch. That's that's awesome, fucking hell! But, nine films uh, for nine fifty. Yeah, our, our remit for what we bought was it had to be the sort of thing that would be on ITV two. Lost World, Hot Fuzz. That kind of thing, yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll go into what we watched. No, I'll tell you what we didn't watch as well, because uh, there were a few we didn't watch. That's very good. So we will get into that. I'm quite looking forward to that, actually, I must say. Um, but uh, we will be reviewing... Um, oh, pardon me. We will be reviewing Bad Neighbours 2. Um, yep. Or Neighbours 2, if you don't live in the UK. Yeah, Neighbours 2 Sorority Rising, I believe it's called in the US. Yes, yes. Doesn't actually come out in the US until um, this coming Friday. So um, in the US, it is actually a bit of an advanced review. Um, we'll also talk about some trailers, do some questions, the usual uh, chit-chat and whatnot. So um, let's dive in. Uh, Mark, any trailers this week, sir? Uh, I'm trying to remember if I've watched I think I have. Uh, I'm going to have a look and see what I might have watched. I'm sure I watched some the other night. Come on. Um, let's have a look. Uh, the new Nice Guys trailer, uh, watch that. Um, yeah, already sold, but yeah, it looks it looks fantastic. Um, the trailer for uh, the new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, oh. Yeah, um, I'm yeah very much up for this. It I'm, looks... I'm, I'm going to watch the fuck out of it. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's great because it's got a crazy looking uh, scientist uh, played by Tyler Perry. That's all I need. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm, I'm on with that. Um, what else? Uh, I can't remember what else. So you throw a few at me, I'll, 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 I might be like, oh yeah, I watched that as well. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, uh, I haven't watched too much either. The Shallows, the uh, Blake Lively versus the Shark film. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, as, long as, it, as long as it's under 94 oh, mate, minutes long. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, it can't be any longer than that. If it's longer than that, it's like, do you know what? Even even I'm going to run out of kind of patience of watching Blake Lively in a bikini um, for that long. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it for the kind of genre exercise it looks like it's going to be. Um, also, the first teaser for uh, the new uh, Dan Brown adaptation, Inferno, came out. Oh, did it? I, I haven't watched that, but I, I imagine it looks terrible and I will really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, to be fair, um, it... I mean, Felicity Jones is in it, so she's going to have a good little one-two punch this autumn and winter with this in Rogue One. But um, I'm quite looking forward to it just from the, 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 the fact that it's about some sort of virus um, which some madman is going to unleash, and it's like trying to find the source of the virus or something. And that, that sounds interesting. It sounds like, you know, get your kind of religious stuff going on with a mix of science fiction. And I, I, I don't know. It probably won't have anything as, as grand as you and McGregor, like fucking parachuting or whatever the fuck he did at the end of Angels <laughs> and Demons but I'll, I'll, I don't know I'll, I'll watch it happily maybe not in the yeah. cinema to be fair unless there's nothing out that week but I'll, I'll sit for two and a bit hours and watch it why not wow have you seen the poster for it no just 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 go to Inferno uh, 2016 film on Wikipedia and have a look at the poster for it 
It's impressive. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, hello, Tom. <laughs> Bloody hell. Look at that. <laughs> Listeners, please uh, also join us in looking at this and looking at... Looking at Tom Hanks on the front of that poster, he looks like it's a. It, it, it looks like it's either the cover for a terrible book, which of course is based on a a possibly terrible book I haven't read Inferno, or a really shitty looking PSN game. Yeah, that's that's actually. It's like that Bruce Willis PlayStation One game Apocalypse. It kind of <laughs> yes. just looks like he's just like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah, all right yeah. then. Yeah, oh, it's a big red thing. Oh. I'm not. Well, I'm not too sure if I want to go. He looks like he's just going. Oh, I'm not too sure about that. Wait a minute. You want me to go down the stairs? I don't like the look at that. I'm yeah. not doing that. I, it's like he's questioning the person watching the poster. He's like, "You sure about this?" <laughs> it really does. Like seriously, man. How the fuck is that a poster? <laughs> how they expect us to believe that that is Tom Hanks without an incredible amount of touch up? Oh, every clue will take him deeper. That's a tagline. <laughs> That's a good tagline. That is a good tagline, actually. Uh, I want you to take me deep, Tom Hanks. Go on, buddy. I'll, yeah, everyone wants Tom Hanks deep. <laughs> Deary me. <laughs> uh, but that was actually um, it for me, I think, this week. So uh, Yeah, I mean, so I don't think there's been that much out. I think we're in that kind of post-Civil um, War kind of lull before the next the next big eight to come out. Yeah, totally. Like June, July, we'll probably start getting the Christmas trailers and whatnot. So. Exactly, yeah. Cool, man. Okay, let's uh, let's crack on then. So, <clears throat> Bad Neighbours 2 is directed by Nicholas Stoller and uh, written by, like, five people. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, stars uh, Seth Rogen, Zac Efron, Rose Byrne, uh, uh, Lisa Kudrow, again, from the first one, doing a one-scene cameo, I think, like the first one. Um, yeah. But this time joined by uh, joined joined by uh, Chloe uh, Moretz as well, and uh, basically, Rosebud and Seth Rogen are trying to sell their house. Um, a sorority move in next door, led up by uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, and kind of almost like managed by Zac Efron's character, and <laughs> um, hijinks ensue. Uh, Mark, your thoughts. Well, I, I really, really like the first one. Um, it was it, it kind of snuck up on on us, um, really, because I think we were, we were both saying, "Look, it's either going to be absolutely terrible or or all right." And it, it was all right. It, it it kind of it managed to straddle the kind of the gross outness with actually quite a nice little heart behind it all. Um, and Bad Neighbours Two, it, can we just call it, we call it Bad Neighbours Two because I can't call it Neighbours Two Straight Rising because it's worked in my brain properly. Yeah. But Bad Neighbours Two, it's I, I dig what it's going for to an extent and at points it, it's really quite charming and really quite funny but at other points it's really quite it, it misses so wide of the mark that you're almost going how 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 is can this film do this bit and then do that bit and the opening five minutes I thought were just were, were really bad um I, and it just it, it sometimes it attempts to do gross out humour uh, without it really sticking. Uh, there's a couple of running jokes that run through it that really stopped being funny really early on. Um, and I, I do think that overall the good outweighs the bad. But when it's bad, it can be really really bad. And when it's good, is when Zac Efron's on screen. <laughs> well, I mean, 
I, it sounds like I liked it more than you. I mean, I certainly don't think it's the comedy of the year, and I, I think the hit rate is is very much less than the first one. However, yeah, um, it whereas you know a, a lot of sequels in general kind of feel like they're there out of obligation. This kind of feels like they were like shit. The first one was a hit. Didn't really see that coming. Maybe we could actually try and have some mild form of social commentary going on here. And mm. I liked that. I liked how many times yeah. they referenced, like, sororities can't have parties. How fucked up is that? I really liked the bit where Chloe Grace Moretz is explaining the stuff. And Seth Rogen's like, I'm absolutely 100% with you. Now my wife is going to tell you why, you know, that might not quite be the right thing to do. You know, it's like the way they, they kind of acknowledge that, but then still have a laugh with it. I mean, certainly this film is not particularly trying to say anything, but what it does have to say, I, I think, is is perfectly valid. And it... I, I think it kind of meshes better than, like, the end of The Other Guys, where suddenly you've got, like, a mini-lecture about finance um yeah. which Anna McKay obviously then kind of developed in in the big short to greater success there in terms of what that was trying to do I mean the other guys is hysterical so don't get me wrong it's just you know that that kind of shoehorning in there um but yeah. I I yeah I mean I will say it's interesting that they bring up how such bad parents they are and they don't really punish them for it because they are awful parents. And they are terrible parents. And one of the running jokes that I think that that, um, that kind of falls flat is the the whole uh, their daughter's favorite toy is uh, Rose Burns vibrator. I did I did like when it when it was um, it's a famous Japanese anime character that made that, me laugh. That was fine, but yeah, that, I, I like that. Um, but the fact that they'd said that, repeated that joke again, yeah. and then it goes on again, and then by the end of it, it was just, oh, come on, you're now being a little bit boring with it. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I I I think that's a fair point. Um, even though, you know, I'm criticising this aspect for it not really. It kind of feel like felt like maybe there was something there was gonna be something in the third act about mm-hmm. them leaving the kid to it and something going wrong or something, but it never came and it was. I don't know. It was it was kind of weird, but I've got to say, the bit with the iPad in Lisa Kudrow's office <laughs> um, yeah. hit home in a kind of a crazy way. Like, I, it might. Lottie watches YouTube a lot, yeah. and it does worry me that, and she could stumble upon something. And I tried. I even tried downloading the YouTube Kids application. And she doesn't like yeah. it. She's like, no, I want YouTube. It's almost like she knows this is some diluted shit. I want the hardcore stuff. And it, <laughs> but the thing is that I mean, like, I, I I look around and all it is is like nursery rhymes or like people play tangent. Sorry, right? People playing with toys and unboxing videos on YouTube and things like that. <laughs> Donna was saying the other day, you could actually make a living making stupid fucking videos of just people smushing about toys and you could you could make a comfortable living out of it it is fucking mental like i watched i watched this stuff that lottie i I hope lottie listens to this one day i sweetheart i love you very much i watch the stuff that you are watching at two and a bit years old and you are a fucking idiot 
<laughs> I, I, like, obviously, your your brain is not fully, not all the synapses are firing, and you just like the visual stimulus, and I love you, and you're the cutest thing ever, but you, Jesus Christ, you're an idiot. Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that bit really hit home. Like, as the father of a kid who's kind of around the same age as the kid yeah. in this, maybe I like it more because it's actually kind it almost kind of feels like it's speaking directly to me at points. Not just anyone in the audience, to me. It's like, you should really watch what she's watching on the iPad. You really should. But at the same time, I do. You know, and also, I, I don't know, most of these people on YouTube now, they're not you know, they haven't been arrested for crimes. They will in 20 years. Obviously, they will. I, I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Tumble on CBeebies. Oh, if anybody knows Mr. Tumble, one day he will be found out. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's... Sorry, tell you, but... But it... I don't know. I thought it had more than enough laughs. I, I also really like Zac Efron's arc. Um, yeah, his, his arc's fantastic. It, it, it's... I think the film is kind of lit up when whenever he's on screen because he provides such kind of great, great comedic kind of timing. I think he he's got um, the fact that Seth, Seth Rogen's character can't quite understand him, but the bit where he says, um, "Right, I'm going to dance for them," and he's like, "What? Well, you, you think yeah. that, that that literally just you dancing is going to be enough to, to, to sort of." to distract an entire sorority. And he's like, well, yeah, it usually works. And it, it, there's no, he's not conceited or anything. He's just very, it, he's very well aware of what he's good at. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. You know? Or the, the, the brilliant bit, I think one of the, one of the highlights of the film for, for me is where, um, he's, he's in the, um, the, the, the sorority house, uh, before it becomes a sorority house. And, He's saying, you know, I threw some parties here, and he goes through them all. And then they, they say, you know, yet, if you notice that they're all quite degraded towards women, and he, he kind of looks at him and goes, no. And then he's, he, 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 he can see him process it through his mind. Like, it, like, it's a complete revelation to him. And he's like, oh, God, you're right, yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's completely changed his entire outlook but, on I mean, the world. It is that he was always this... He was an arsehole, but behind it all, he's actually a really, really sweet guy. But, I mean... Absolutely, but I mean, isn't it fascinating that like the first one is two years old, yeah. and already we're having a film commenting on how the practices they were doing two years ago are not cool anymore. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's it. The, the, the thing is, there's a juxtaposition, I think, here with, with the film, is it, on the one hand, you've got to agree uh, that um, frat culture has we don't have it in this country. The frat, we don't have frat houses in this country. I still believe there's an element of, of frattish culture. I've got to say, in I mean, this like, country, th yeah. there's a shot of um, in that party early on. There's a shot of, a, of, of like a banner or something saying "No means yes." Yeah, and that kind of thing I think is in UK uni culture, oh, general lad culture, um, which yeah. obviously needs stamping out. Absolutely, and and that element it is something uh that you that i you know you've got to be behind you can't not be behind it, it the the laddish culture and that frat culture um it, it is is abhorrent and it, it, it's it's disgusting and it's it needs to be stamped out um so that so they're, they're, they're highlighting that which they should be as a negative kind of 
they are kind of highlighted as a negative, but they use it at all. Whilst also saying, you know, that it's ridiculous that, that sororities can't have um, parties, mm. whereas frats can. Which is kind of when you look into it, is a, a kind of it's a it's an eighty percent truth over a actual absolute kind of truth. Um, but overall, it is an accepted kind of thing that that the frat houses, the parties, the sorority houses don't really they go to the frat parties and that is again wrong and the film is quite literally over and over again telling you which it should do but then you hit with another point of right okay we've accepted that you're right there that you are right up to that point but then what you're saying is well why shouldn't um sororities be able to have these parties where they can do loads of drugs and blah and blah oh hang on a moment right although they can do that it's maybe not right for the target audience of this movie to be telling them to do that. Because, you know what? We both went to parties where there was probably an excessive amount of drinking and an excessive amount of drugs there. And we had a blast, right? You know, um, I'm thoroughly aware that my daughter at some point will go to one of those parties and have a blast. But I don't really want something telling her directly that she should whilst also saying that this is morally wrong by saying this is morally wrong they should be allowed to do this hang on a minute you're kind uh, of having your cake and eating it a little bit yeah I mean to be to be fair the only difference between their parties and the frat parties are the fact that they're not getting fucked and that's a very very good thing for, for, (laughs) for them not to be doing you know, but I mean, well, I'm not. I mean, I'm not being oppressed. It's like it's just, I don't know, fucking at a frat party is probably not the best way to start a relationship. You know, um, no, it, it, it's it, it's not. But I think we should also also slightly highlight the fact that that I, I would say that an awful lot of bad stuff that happens at a frat party. I can absolutely guarantee it. But not every incident of sex at a frat party is rape or date rape. I'm guessing there's a lot of girls who go there with the intention of, I'm going to get fucked tonight. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's not like teen... It's not like it's not, it's not like college girls don't also enjoy sex. Yeah, no. Which I mean, this kind of puts across a little bit, I think, at some point. Uh, well, I mean, it's interesting because they have that thing early on where it's like the montage of their, their first parties... And it's like the the, the main girls, um, uh, Chloe Moretz, I can't remember her character's name for life, but it's something E. Shelby? Shelby. Shelby. Um, yeah. And it's like Shelby's like losing her virginity party or something like that. But and it, Yeah. It, I don't know. It's like, well, what what was that about then? You know, I mean, if you're like, excuse me, I've got to... Sorry. Thank you. I do think it's interesting that they don't, try and like pair them off and you know there are like no main yeah. male characters their age uh, which, is, which is cool it, yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't it, it's not something you, you i like I, I like it but it's not something i noticed while i was watching the film which was good no exactly but it, it's it, it's it's very interesting that um uh, you know you, like you say that it, I, there's 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 a slight level of hypocrisy here and the thing is yeah i mean seth rogan obviously has a pro weed agenda so he's not going to do uh. anything to suggest that weed is bad but I, I think it does push over a level like i, I don't know god i 
listen to me. If I was, if it was me five years ago, I'd be punching me in the dick for saying this. But having the first scene of the film be like hide my bongs. But that that's it. The thing is that right. It is there's nothing wrong right with. <laughs> With the parent of, of, of a two-year-old kid, or, or a parent of, of any age kid, right, enjoying weed and indulging in weed, right? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with actually not feeling you have to hide that. But it's also, it's a little bit like, seriously, would you have just, A, I, I, I accept the fact that this is blowing things, you know, if we're going back to the whole clock face of reality, this one's about sort of where reality is is, is bang on 12 uh, in the afternoon. This is about kind of half past two, maybe, in, in where actually it sits in actual reality, in the fact that they are letting their kids walk around with a vibrator, and it, he had like six or seven bongs just wherever in the, the house. And that's a little bit like, you've gone beyond bad parenting there into <laughs> dangerous parenting. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I obviously... I don't know. Well, I say parents aren't the target audience. I don't know. Like no, I, I've watched. We're both parents. Yeah, I've watched. I I really like Seth Rogen. I like Rose Byrne I, as a comedy actress. I like Nick Stoller films. Like I I don't know, but I I do slightly feel like right. This is aimed at someone younger than me. But what it is actually kind of saying, and the one hand is good. The um, you know, the stuff with Chloe Moretz, not just fucking everything that moves and, you know, like wanting to start our own sorority for good reasons. That's mm. great. But then at the same time, they are really bad parents and it's kind of just made fun of. Yeah, it is. It, 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 it's, it's kind of a, you know, I, I think the, the thing is the, what they seem to be missing out, missing on, or what they try and get round at the end is that they're not actually bad parents. It's just we're not, we're not the, the fucking ma and part ideal idea of good parents. I, I don't know, but no, that's the thing. Like, I think there is a level yeah. uh, uh, that, you know, you can go where you're not, like, you're not the perfect, you're, you're not the perfect parent. Um, mm. But, but you're, you're still alright. And it kind of seems like they're below that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it absolutely does. It seems to be, it, it, it seems to revel too much in them actively being bad parents and almost enjoying being bad parents which kind of steps over a line a little bit into mm, you're almost it's not funny now it's getting to be a little bit like somebody should stage an intervention <laughs> yeah and as a slight tangent i think it's interesting that like none of the, the the critics i've seen talking about this film have actually raised this stuff yet and it kind of makes me think actually like how many film critics these days actually have families? Well, it is a little bit. I've seen a lot of uh, cr film critics kind of look at, reference the point that uh, it's trying to have something, a social awareness, to try yeah. to say something social. And it seems like that, that has given it a couple of extra stars uh, in some people's reviews. Um, and you know what? It is trying to have something to say. It's just... And what it has to say is, it, 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 like we've said already... Um, is a perfectly valid thing to say and actually quite a good thing to say. doesn't mean to say that it should elevate the movie above because just because it has a message, people seem to be thinking that it's got more worth than the previous movie. But it doesn't, really. No, I mean, it's it's not as consistently funny as the previous film. Like, the second half is straight up melancholic at times, mm. which is admirable, 
but considering the film is primarily a comedy, it kind of slightly fails in that regard. You know, I don't know. It's it's an interesting film. This it. Where is it, really, like... it really is, yeah. It's 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 a really strange one. I mean, the whole the whole sort of um, weed stealing action scene in the middle of it was was quite kind of strange and bizarre. I quite like that. Yeah. I, I I really I really quite 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 enjoyed it. The it was the only time that um, Ike uh, Bernholt uh, was actually quite amusing in the entire thing. Yeah, I mean those those characters. I I, I don't really know why they were back to be honest. No, they're not. They're, somebody, somebody in that sphere and that little circle is really trying to make that eight Bernholtz happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Um, and I, I still maintain he looks like a bad portrait tattoo of um, Mark Wahlberg on a fat woman's thigh. He, he was the one. He's the one who's in Sisters as well, isn't he? He's the, yeah, he is. Yeah. He also he also crops up quite a bit in um, in the league where he's actually quite good in it actually but stretched over the amount of screen time he has here he's he's really kind of not kind of worth it really yeah okay fair enough yeah i i, I don't know are we kind of done on it or i i think we are um like i say I, I enjoyed it overall i'd like to see if there's an extended cut yeah sure. a little bit extra because i think it could do although cause even though it is like it's 92 minutes i could have easily watched another 10 15 minutes if it was more like the first and middle act than it was the, the, the final kind of act. Um, but yeah, I think Zephron steals it for me. I think he's absolutely fantastic as kind of like the the central um, sort of thing that the film's kind of built around. I think if they'd have built it more around him rather than focusing on Rogan and um, Burns' character, Rose Burns still has literally nothing to do in this movie again. Um, she just kind of walks around and kind of pulls faces and is pregnant. No, I mean, she's funny, though. She's funny at points, yeah. It's just... I always get the feeling with Rose Burnie, it, it when she's not given enough to do, because there's quite a lot of times where she's not given enough to do, it's kind of like, do you know what? You've got a really good comedic actress here. Why aren't you doing more with her? That's fair. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean... It, it does seem like she's got less to do in this one than, than the other one, because I don't know, in the other one, at least she could have some fun with I don't know with her looks and whatnot, and I don't know it just yeah. kind of feels like right she's pregnant she can't really do anything here and again I don't know her character she's a pregnant like... woman and they've got bongs all over the place just saying yeah and Oswald she seems like the one whose character seems most removed from the character from the previous movie the fact that she keeps telling everyone to fuck off really quickly I was know, a little I, bit. I kind of thought that was quite funny. Actually. It was funny. It was funny, but it just seemed very removed from the character of the previous film. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, it, overall, it, it's a definitely not shit from me because I, I actually did quite enjoy it and I laughed quite a bit. Yeah, totally. I, I definitely not shit. I I I really rather enjoyed it. Um, I yeah, I really rather, I really quite enjoyed it. It just it's uh, you're right. Bringing that, you made some really good points there. <laughs> I, I, I occasionally do. <laughs> nice. Very occasionally. Very nice. Uh, okay, so let's get into some what we watch then. And uh, God, dude, let's uh, talk about what shite you watched this weekend. Well, I'll, I'll do the ones that I watched before oh, I went okay. away. Yep, sure, first. sure. Uh, I'll, I'll do the, what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll do the, the few that I watched where I wasn't away. Then I'll let you do a couple. Then I'll do the ones that I watched while I was away. <laughs> um, I watched. Uh, we watched Inglorious Bastards. 
Um, nice. I not seen it in, in a couple of years. Um, still really enjoy it. It's, it's still um, probably probably my least favourite Tarantino. But then again, you are the least favourite Tarantino. Um, in terms of that, it's still an eight and a half out of ten for me. So it's there, but it is still my my probably least favourite Tarantino. Even though I do really, really, really like it, it's just for some reason there's just something that doesn't quite I don't know connect with me like the other Tarantinos do uh, for me. To be honest, I don't know what I can't put my finger on, on what it is. To be honest, and it is the one that I would watch least out of. Like out of, out of Tarantino's back catalogue, to be honest. Um, also watched uh, Night of Cups. Oh, oh shit! Hello? Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, have you watched it? Yeah. No. Um, well, I'm it's, not fucking it, planning on it. The reviews have completely put me off, and to the wonder, to the wonder, didn't get me. So I don't know whether I can do another fucking two hours of wandering around the beach talking about how I really, really, really miss her, but at the same time i got all this other tang. Well, what I will say is it's better than To The Wonder. It's better than To The Wonder. That is I, I, I with faint praise. I remember To The Wonder primarily for the fact that Donna walked in when I was about, I was about an hour in, and she, was, and she just watched it for about 30 seconds, like, this looks like the most pretentious bit of shit I've ever seen. I was like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it'd be hard to disagree with on that, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, Night of Cups apparently had no script at all. Christian Bale um, wasn't sort of given any um, idea on where the story was going, was basically just told what his character was, and then they just shot it. And that was it. And it is literally almost all of it. Right. dialogue is, is is voiceover and it is a lot of people wandering around it's incredibly pretty it's it's i think it's pretty to the wonder it's it's incredibly pretty uh and there is there is an idea of a story there but that doesn't actually really kind of exist it's it's an incredibly kind of experimental um film in the sense that it, it quite literally is just bale kind of walking around and you're kind of seeing it with like mumbled dialogue underneath and then the, the voiceover's over. Uh, but I actually, I would say I actually quite, quite enjoyed it. Um, I never need to see it again, but I, I, I enjoyed my time enough with it. Um, I love, I, I, I love Malik, but it, it, his, it, his past couple have kind of made me go, do you know what? I love you for how beautiful you can make things look. I, I do wish, though, that we could go back to the stuff where you mixed that with an actual narrative of sorts. Um, because it's all right having one of these, it's all right having two of these, but when you're in a three, four of these, it's making me look forward to them less and less and less. Whereas if, 10 years ago, a new Terry Malick film, I, I was there going, I cannot wait for this movie to come out. Now I'm a little bit like, do you know what? I'm going to enjoy it when I watch it, but I, you know, I'm not itching to see it because I pretty much know what's going to happen. And that is a little bit what Night of Cups is like. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I, I, I just don't know whether I can put myself through it. I'd say get to it rather than watch it. At some point, maybe stick it on, but 
it's not something I'd absolutely rush to say. No, I mean, it's, it's just it's so weird, though, because Malik, you know, he, I mean, he, famously, he, he, it took ages to make films, and it mm. kind of feels like, dude, just take eight or nine years to make a film. It's fine. Mm. Just, I mean, th- this, this was shot really, really fast. The actual shooting of it um, only took, you know, it was it was shot about three years ago. Yeah, I, I, more than that, more than that, four years ago. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting where a Terrence Malick film comes direct to VOD in the US. You can you mm. you could just can't find it in the UK basically, and and, yeah, no. and, and, and it's Terrence Malick, and I think that probably says something to the fact that no one seems to like it. Yeah, it, it's and the thing is, it, the cast is incredible, but it's probably because he got them for like a few days each, mm. and just got them to kind of wander around a little bit. Yeah, and you know, I mean, the fact that that Natalie Portman said she found it strange that she was because you know Bale's worked with Malik before, and Bale knows what Malik's about, whereas Portman hasn't, and Portman kind of said um, that she she found it strange that she spent more time in. Um, in a sound studio recording her voiceover than she did uh, on set recording her scenes. Sure. And her voiceover is tiny. Christ knows how much the voiceover is ended up on the cutting room floor because that's what Malik does. Did you hear about that fucking story? Sorry, I'm just putting down my knife and fork again. I'm bloody eating during the podcast. Sorry. Um, God, it, it was an actor who... Hang on. Terence Malik Hugh... It was like a piece of paper or something. Fuck, hang on. I've got to find this, I've got to find this, I've got to find this. Oh, was it Nick Kroll? Nick, it could be Nick. Nick Kroll's in this, you kind of see him in this. Um, but he's, he, I, don't, I can't remember if he actually even speaks in it. One act is long. Ah, here we go. Or was it Thomas Lennon? Yeah, okay. Right, fucking hell. Um... Okay, so I got a, this is Thomas Lennon. I got a call from my agent. He said, do you know Terence Malick? And I decided I would try to be smarty pants to say, of course, but I'd never seen any of his films. Um, I was aware of his name, like you're aware of names like Atom Agoyan or Ismail Merchant and James I- Ivory. Artsy-fartsy films, unlike the, fa- the things I'm in, all right. But Lennon agreed to the role without being any de- given any details about who he was playing or what the movie was about. And six weeks before the scheduled shoot, Lennon still hadn't received anything and was starting to get an- anxious. Um... Blah, blah, blah. Three days before the shoot, Lennon was finally told some information. The scene is at a Hollywood party, so he should be dressed as if he was going to a party in the Hollywood Hills. Uh, 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 Okay. Um, So, yeah, he meets Malik. Uh, He says they exchanged pleasantries, and then Lennon's good friend, actor Joe Latrulio, showed up to also be in the scene. We're all standing yep. there, and Malik hands out these pieces of paper to all of us, Lennon said. And the one he gave me said, there's no such thing as a fireproof wall. And I ask, <laughs> is this something I'm supposed to say in the scene? And he said, I don't know. Yep. Lennon learned after talking to the director that there was no script, just a phrase that might inspire him when the camera mm. started rolling. And then Malik goes, would you like some more? Because I have a whole stack of these. And I was like, I think I'm good, Lennon said. 
Lennon later asked Bale why Malik was a, was away. Is this how it goes? Yeah. Every day? <laughs> yeah. How long have you been doing this? This is like day 25. When Malik came back, Lennon asked him what the scene was about. Malik started off by saying in, in the movie, Bale plays a Hollywood screenwriter and Lennon didn't need to hear anything else. He suddenly knew why he was there. I was cast as Christian Bale's douchey Hollywood Hills friend. I realised that if his character was a shallow Hollywood screenwriter, two of his really good friends would probably be Joe Latrulio and me, Lennon said. Terence Malick actually is a genius. <laughs> yeah, because there's also, he's, he's stood there with Nick Kroll as well, and I can't remember who else it is, he stood there with them at the party. Um, it took 11 full hours the scene lasts five minutes, and Lennon had as most at most a, a minute of screen time. Yeah, yeah. Crawl has maybe 15, 20 seconds, Jesus. and I, I can't remember seeing Jonas really. Go. I, I can't remember seeing him in it. He, I think, I, think I, I saw him in passing, but if he's in it for a minute, I'd be surprised. I just wow. Yeah, it, 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 it's 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 like that. I, it, it's very much like that. I just I can't be fucked. Yeah. There you go. Done. Dave DeHaan's in it, and it's literally, literally, you go, oh, Dave DeHaan. Nope, gone. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just, is that not just really distracting? A little bit. Yeah, anyway, there you go. Um, yeah, also watched, uh, before I went away, watched the film Red. Uh, Becky hadn't seen it, um, and kind of was interested in seeing it. Um, so it cropped up, I think, on Netflix, or it might have been Amazon Prime, one of them. Uh, and so we was like, well, do you fancy giving it a watch? Um, it's a really enjoyable film, I think, Red. Um, it's it's stupid, it's ridiculous, but it kind of has the... It has a very kind of comic booky feel to it, um, you know, outside of the usual comic book movies that we get now. It has that kind of almost smaller, more... I don't know. It just it feels more like, like something that's happening on its own outside of the, the big kind of um, blockbuster comic book movies we get now that are just quite literally just trying to build a universe. This is just a film, uh, and I, I really quite enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, I'll let you do a few few now. Okay, but um, so I'll uh, start off with a film that I finished today. Vin Diesel in the Last Witch Hunter. <laughs> uh, a movie that I think even Vin Diesel's forgot he was in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so, so you're the one person who's seen it. <laughs> yeah, my two favourite things in The Last Witch Hunter. You know, Vin Diesel's like a big gamer. He's like, he's like a yeah. massive nerd. Yes. It's like he said to the director Breck Eisner one day. Um, can we have, just have a bit where it looks like I'm in The Last of Us for five minutes? <laughs> and Brad Eisner's like, well, what's the justification for it? I don't know. So there, there's a bit towards the end where he has this hallucination thing where suddenly it is like the early bits of The Last of Us where there's vegetation all over the place, kind of in a city scape. Have you played The Last of Us at all? Or like I'm not seen, really much seen, I've seen it being played, yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, just any of the bits where there's like inner city and there's overgrown vegetation, it looks like that. It's insane. And why is it there? Who knows? <laughs> um, my, my second favourite bit is the fact that Vin Diesel's character arc is basically, 
at the start, I'm alone and I'll always be alone. So at the end, I'm going to let a girl drive my car. Oh, that's a big move. That's all the character development that old Vin has, which to be fair, you know, Dom Toretto would probably have let, um, whatever the fucking name, Lenny, what is yeah. his name? It is Lenny, Lenny. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. In fa- he probably would have let her do that in Fast and the Furious, and that was 15 years ago. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, basically, Vin Diesel, he's been cursed with immortality by a witch, and uh, for hundreds of years, he's been fighting witches. Uh, Michael Caine's killed off about 15 minutes in, or is he? Oh. And um, Elijah Wood teams up with him, or does he? Um, and then Rose Leslie from Game of Thrones comes along and she's going to kiss Vin Diesel, or is she? Um, and along the way, Isaac D. Bancoli pops up for a couple of scenes. And it's like, oh, cool, it's him from better films. Um, <laughs> and um, the visuals are quite nice in spots. I've got no real idea why any of it's happening. Um, but I don't know it passed through it didn't offend me Um, I can't remember a single thing that Vin Diesel says in the entire film I genuinely can't Um, I watched it today and I'm honestly trying to think of a single thing that Vin Diesel says and I can't it's gone I mean, even Michael Caine gets oh. Michael Caine gets a mental line where he wakes up and something bad's happening over New York, and he says like, "Good morning, you bitch of a day," or something like that. It's like that's, that's quite a good line. I remember that. I remember that. Vin Diesel, now. So the last witch hunter. If you enjoy not remembering dialogue, that's <laughs> for you. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, how long? How long is it? Like 105 minutes or something. That's not too bad. Oh, it ends with a, like, kind of a moody female sun cover of Paint It Black. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, Uh, you know, it's good. Yeah, Um, that's a stamp of quality. Yeah, defo. Um, So, I watched a a couple of um, foreign language um, films, which um, Ivan asked me to review for Godzilla, and there's... A, a reason why, and I can't remember why. Um, they're, they're, they're kind of all coming out at once, but never mind. Um, so, first off, I watched Brave Men's Blood, which, uh, by its original title, is Borkriki 2. So, I'm assuming there's a Borkriki 1. Yep, you would assume. Um, so, but, to be fair, you could watch Borkriki 2, and uh, you wouldn't think there was another film before it. So, I don't know. Um, story basically is a, um, a, a like a police chief's son is given a job in internal affairs. He finds out that there's corruption closer to home than he thinks, and uh, he has to start, try and stop that corruption. And it's kind of um, juxtaposed against a kind of a kind of middleman drug dealer who is kind of just trying to find a. A, a peaceful life for his uh, wife and unborn kid. Um, it very very derivative, um, very derivative. You, 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 but um, there's a good 
encroaching sense of everything's fucked about it. Um, as it goes on, it kind of gets like darker and darker and kind of more depressing. And by the end, it's actually quite suffocating. Um, it's, it's quite well done. Um, but, the, you know, the plot doesn't really have anything surprising. There's a plucky sidekick that you know is going to get killed off at some point. Um, there's a character who doesn't seem like a turncoat who turns out to be a turncoat. Um, and, and I don't know, it, it's a, a really, really mild recommend. If you if you were to, like, I don't know, like look at it on IMDb and think, oh, yeah, I like the look of that, yeah, do it. Uh, the, the lead guy looks like Ryan Gosling, but in a more kind of everyday man kind of way. And his sense of kind of being charming, but also quite vulnerable, is quite well played. So uh, it's a really mild recommend, but it it was 100 minutes that I, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to have back. So that's, that's not too bad, then. Yeah, so that's something. Um, there is actually a Bar Cricket 1 that was released in 2011, I believe. Shit, well, fuck, fair enough. You didn't need to watch Ball Cricket 1 for this, I don't think, so there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, another one uh, was Gold, uh, which actually was nominated for the Golden Bear at Berlin um, a couple years back. Um, and it's basically set in the Gold Rush. Um, it's basically about a bunch of Germans who are following a trail to uh, try and basically join in on the, uh, on the Gold Rush, and they're going through British Columbia. Um, and it's... Um, it's all right. Um, it, uh, it, the, the cinematography doesn't look amazing. I mean, it was shot. I mean, it was released in Germany in 2013, so it was probably shot in 2012. When digital cinematography still was a little bit like, it's not as good as film. Um, yeah. And it, I, it kind of seems like that here. It's very, very muted. There's not much kind of definition, and given the landscapes, and this film's obviously got quite a low budget, so shooting the, la- the hell out of the landscapes would have helped. That's not quite there with this, so it, it I don't know, it, it doesn't quite capture it there, but in this kind of line of weird westerns we've had recently with like Slow West and Bone Tomahawk and whatnot, it kind of it kind of feels like a piece with that then. There's a couple of like surreal moments which, which perk up the, uh, the attention. Um, and, I mean, the cast are decent in the German language. I will say the Eng- there's English language stuff, because obviously it's set in British Columbia. That stuff is not great. It does kind of feel like maybe the director's not 100% comfortable with the English language or directing English actors or English-speaking actors. So the, yeah. the lines suddenly become a lot more stilted. There's suddenly, like, pauses between lines where there isn't when it's the more natural dialogue. Um, and those scenes are, are pretty brutal. There's not that many of them, but they're pretty bad. Um, but when it's the German language cast talking amongst themselves, it's, it's fine. Um, and yeah, again, it's about 100 minutes long. I, I, it didn't waste my time. Um, the, the lead, uh, played by Nina Hoss, is uh, pretty good in it as well. She kind of like finds herself during the course of the film. She become, she turns from like just one of a party of people to a strong leader, and um, she works she works pretty well. So again, mild recommend. If you never see it, you won't be missing anything though. Um, and uh, shit, I've actually only got two more. Shall I just do those and then hand back to you? Uh, if you want, or I can do mine and then hand back to you. Which where you want to go around I'll, it? I'll just bomb through them. Is that all right? Yeah, it's cool by me, but cool. uh, so Escape from LA, ah, uh, oh, yes, which is which is on Netflix UK, um, and I enjoy Escape from LA. Um, it, it's not amazing. 
but it is very, very fun. And I like the way that it is basically a piss take of Escape from New York. Yeah. Uh, that's... It, 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 it literally is like a Hollywood version. Which is retarded, I'm not saying it's not retarded, but it is like, literally, if, if Hollywood made a stupid version of Escape from New York. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, but I don't know, it's got some stuff to say, but it's also got Kurt Russell, like, doing ten baskets in ten seconds, or whatever the fuck it is, which is, uh, which is mental. Still, still a lot of fun to watch, it. Oh, no, yeah, it's mental, and it's awesome. I, I, I know we have this disagreement on WhatsApp, but it kind of, it does kind of look like shit, though. Like, the map paintings, man, like... I think that's intentional, though. No, I do think that's no, intentional. No, there's no way that's intentional. You cannot tell Why me... Why is there no way it's intentional? You cannot tell me having grey rectangles as skyscrapers is intentional. You just... You I, can't. I do think it's intentional. I think it's to, it's to kind of play on the, the, the L.A. Hollywood fakeness of it all. No. I have to agree to disagree on that. Yeah, yeah, him. no, it looks horrible. It looks horrible. Um, but... You know, hey, it also it surprised me that Peter Fonda literally turns up for that one bit and he's not back again. Yeah, I, there's some great cameos in this though. Yeah, but I mean, just the fact that he's like, he's a surfing guy, and he chats to Snake for two minutes and he's gone. I don't know because at least the other characters actually come back up, apart from Bruce Campbell, even though he's fantastic. Bruce Campbell's fantastic, isn't it? Um, but yeah, Escape with You, uh, LA. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm sure you'll play the tune at, uh, at the gig, and I, I'm really looking forward to that. Yes, very much so. And uh, I'll finish off with Zootropolis, or Zootopia, uh, which is great fun. Um, third act, not as strong as the, the first two acts, but uh, the Bunny and the Fox um, have a, a really good little buddy-buddy relationship with each other. Uh, some solid jokes, and actually a pretty good plot. Um, it's weird... How Chinatown has influenced both Rango and this, I will say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's 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 as good as people are saying it is. It's it's a great deal of fun, and I'd watch another one. So it's called Zootopia and Zootropolis. Yeah. So apparently, uh, it's called Zootropolis over here, Zootopia in the US. Apparently, there's some sort of European registered trademark for Zootopia. Um, uh, for, for something um, so they couldn't call it out over here so they had to redub like all the dialogue oh so, ah so it's not even just like a change of name then. no 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 like literally like they have to redub the dialogue it's brutal ah that's that is that is unfortunate isn't it <laughs> yeah um, but you know it is what it is it, Idris Elba's a bull <laughs> well of, of course you know great fun uh, so yeah, uh, recommended. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. A lot of people have, have, have kind of recommended that uh, as been a a thoroughly good kind of watch, and it's it's kind of got a lot of it's an interesting sort of homage to um, sort of noir esque movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I will very 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 happy uh, happily watch it again, very happily. Yeah. Hmm. Might have to give it a go. And uh, that is me. Cool, I'll go through the, the other bits that I've... Holy shit, that movie's made an insane amount of money. Yeah, huge. Huge. It's made nearly a billion dollars. Fuck. I, I didn't even notice it had been out, to be honest. <laughs> I didn't even notice it had been out, and it has grossed $950 million. 
Holy footballs. Uh, right, okay. Um, so, yes, first of all, I'll do them in order of what, how, of when we, of what we watched, uh, when we watched them. Uh, first we watched uh, was um, One Night at McCool's, which we bought for 50 pence. Solid. Uh, I remember seeing this at the cinema, uh, actually, in 2001. Uh, me and Becky went to see it. Um, great tagline. Um, she's three men of the legal limit. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I also I I do remember seeing um, an interview with um, Michael Douglas um, where he was explaining why he was in it, um, and he said that it was explained to him the reason why he was in it because he also produces it as well, uh, and the reason why he wanted to get it done was that uh, Harold Zwar, the the director, said um, it, it it's it's like a a sex comedy. Um, Meets Rashmon. <laughs> nice. He said, and then he, he said, and he thought, hmm, that's interesting. And then he read the script and, and thought, that is nothing <laughs> like what this film is. <laughs> but I love that this guy thinks it is, so I'm on board. Um, and it is a, a little bit. You can kind of see where he's kind of coming from in the fact that it, it's three people's versions of what's going on, and the reality of it could be anything else. Uh, it is quite amusing, you know, that you've got um, Liv Tyler playing this woman that has essentially got three men falling for her, and they all have different views on how uh, it, you know the same situation's going um, to sort of to fuel their infatuations. Uh, it's also got Paul Reiser in a gimp suit, uh, and it's got John Goodman in it, and John Goodman's always fantastic in everything. Uh, it's 92 minutes, and it's still a little bit too long, which is insane, but... I, I still really quite enjoyed my rewatch of *Night at McCall's*. No, it's fair. I've never seen it. Yeah. Have you not seen no, it? No. Uh, it? it's. Do you know what? It's worth a watch just for how silly it is. Okay. Really. Because um, essentially, the, the story is um, that um, film opens up with Matt Dillon uh, is going to a bingo hall um, to hire Michael Douglas, who's playing a hitman, to kill. Uh, Liv Tyler's character. Liv Tyler's character is um, was essentially brought into his life under a scam where she pretends to get into a fight with a boyfriend. A boyfriend kicks her out of the car. Then she goes home with a guy who's witnessed it and then rings her boyfriend and they rob him. Uh, and that's what happens to to Matt Dillon's character. But she ends up falling for Matt Dillon's character, except she doesn't fall for Matt Dillon's character. She falls for the house that he lives in because she's a dream is to always own her own house. At the same time, um, uh, Matt Dillon's, uh, I think it's his cousin, he's played by Paul Reiser, who is a hotshot lawyer who's a bit of a dick. He becomes infatuated with her, and the cop investigating a murder that they're involved with, uh, played by John Goodman, also becomes infatuated by her, and worlds collide. Bloody hell. And a big crux of it is, is and I will say this, a big crux of it is she really, really wants a DVD. <laughs> Never mentioned as a DVD player, just a DVD. Well, of course. Uh, yeah, so that's how, how, how early 2000s it nice. is. Um, next one we watched was uh, Dreamcatcher, the um, Lawrence Castan um, film based on a Stephen King book, which we bought again for 50 pence. Um, and I just quite a good cast on this. You've got uh, Morgan Freeman, Thomas Jane, Jason Lee, Damon Lewis, Timmy Olyphant, Timothy Olyphant, Tommy Wahlberg, and Tom Sizemore. Um, 
all in it. Have you ever seen Dreamcatcher? Yes. Yeah, um, I actually really quite enjoyed Dreamcatcher up until the last kind of um, act where it goes a little bit too far for me and kind of goes off. But it, it has that that very kind of Stephen Kingy feel feel about it, where it's all set around Maine and it's it's about a group of friends who come back together that have had a kind of like a, a, an experience together that's that's affected their lives throughout. Uh, it's similar to sort of like things like it and things. You actually like have to that. pay for Dreamcatcher. Huh? You actually had to pay for Dreamcatcher. Yeah, fifty pence. Solid. Not only that, I actually owned Dreamcatcher myself on DVD as well. Oh, Christ, the likes! You have two copies of Dreamcatcher. I have two copies of Dreamcatcher on DVD, but I quite literally would would, would pay fifty p to have not gone through my DVDs trying to find it. Um, so yeah, um, I. Sorry. I quite enjoy it, to be honest. It's, it's one of those films that I can put on and let it wash over me. It's over two hours long, though. Which is insane. Yeah, man, that uh, is a long film, isn't it? Yeah. It, it is, yeah. Uh, next we watched was the sequel to Red. We watched Red 2, <laughs> um, which we bought for a pound, either two pounds, I believe. Um, it's not as good as the first. Uh, it gets it, it, it gets bogged down with trying to do too much of the things that were good in the first movie. Uh, and that's what kind of affects it a little bit uh, too badly in it. Um, Anthony Hopkins ruins it by being way too Anthony Hopkinsy in it. Um, and yeah, it, it kind of gets bogged down by by attempting to up the ante of the first movie. What I will say though is it's not going to happen. But if a third movie did happen, I, I'd happily watch it because I was still entertained enough while I was watching Red Two. But Whereas Red is through entertaining, this becomes a little bit of a slog uh, to watch at points. Yeah, sure. Um, next we watched was our most expensive of our movies, uh, <laughs> covering almost an entire third of our budget. Wow. But, uh, but but Becky really likes it. So when we, she saw it in uh, CX, she went, yeah, we're getting that because I want to watch that on Sunday afternoon, which we did watch it on Sunday Late morning, I think it was actually we watched it, uh, which is the uh, which was a film we're also wanting to watch because the sequel comes out very soon, which was Now You See Me, which we bought for three pounds. Right, yeah. um, I still really enjoy Now You See Me actually. It's it's a it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a surprise. I'm not gonna pay for it, but I'll probably rewatch it before Now You See Me Two comes out. In fairness, yeah. Yeah, the thing is, I, I would never, I wouldn't have paid. The thing is, if it had been on iTunes for two ninety nine, I wouldn't have bought it. I'd have just either watched it on one of the streaming services, which I assume it will be on, or I'd have downloaded it and gone. Do you know what? Fuck you, sue me because I watched it in the cinema. So it would have been that one. Uh, but yeah, I. I because of the situation we're in, it was we were going to spend a tenner and we went through that. I was happy to pay the three quid to watch it, uh, and yeah, I enjoyed it. It, it. It's it's fun. It's stupid. Um, it's uh, it, it the it still let down a little bit. By there's a few bits where you go, do you know what? If you're doing a lot of sort of magicy stuff, mixing it then with over top special effects starts to ruin it a little bit the idea of it of the illusion bits um but i'm still looking forward to sequel as in a way as if there wasn't a sequel i wouldn't ever have said they should make a sequel and now you see me but the fact that there is a sequel i will watch it i love the i love the fact that they've already got a third one planned yeah they have do you know why because it is because this movie made you know made what 350 million dollars um and 
it, it costs like 75. Um, the next one I think has cost a hundred million dollars, and it will it will probably make back more than that. To be honest, I'd be surprised if that doesn't make at least a profit. Yeah, sure. I, I, that's mental. It is. It is mental. But I, I I I will happily watch it. To be honest, I'm you know I'm not exactly looking forward to it. But if there's fuck all else out that week, I'm damn sure we'll be covering it. Yeah. No. Fine. Uh, yeah, uh, next one was The Long Kiss Goodnight. Solid. Um, the Bunny Harlan directed movie, uh, which, you know, we should all look at and say, yes, Bunny Harlan directed it, and yes, Bunny Harlan has directed some terrible movies, but it's written by Shane Black, uh, and it has some very Shane Blacky kind of moments of dialogue in it. Like Samuel L. Jackson saying to a guy he's bursting on who's having sex with a prostitute, um, that he's going to chop him to the, the, the police, etc., for, for soliciting, and he'll spend the next 10 years um, in jail um, getting fucked uh, in the ass. Uh, and if he doesn't go to jail, he will personally pay people to fuck him in the ass for the next 10 years. He's fantastic. And the, the line, um, are, are you just stupid, or did you have lessons? Were you born stupid, or did you have lessons? Well, actually, I had lessons, thank you. <laughs> uh, he's fantastic. It's yeah. I'm taking you've seen yeah, Long Kiss yeah, Goodnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, is it been a long time since you've seen it's it? It's been a while, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Rewatch it because it's so much fucking fun. Yeah, cool. Uh, I had an absolute blast with it. It's ridiculous to think that, they, that this is a movie where Gina Davis is playing an action star. Yeah, that's mental. It is mental, but you know what? She kind of pulls it off. Um, it, it's at its best when you're when you're noticing that it's a Shane Black screenplay. Sure. Is when it's at its best, and it just made me look at it and go, "Oh, I cannot wait for the nice guys. I cannot wait for the nice guys." Wow. Just because it, it's that patter. Once you get into that patter of of, of, of blackisms, it, it's just magnificent. I had a fucking invite for a screening to that of that next Tuesday, man. And like, if I guys, if I could have got the afternoon off next Tuesday, I'd probably go. I probably would have. I, I probably would have gone if I could have got afternoons off for that. Yeah, um, oh. But I can't. I can't justify it. No, neither can I. Ugh, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm so looking forward to that movie. Uh, yeah, this is fantastic. Uh, Brian Cox is great. Um, Samuel Jackson has some of the weirdest outfits uh, that he's worn, and that's saying something. Uh, action's great. The dialogue is fantastic. Uh, you you can understand because of one of the scenes in it, why it's never really got... Because I don't think it's ever had a Blu-ray release, I think. Um, and a lot of people are saying, well, you know, it should do. But quite literally in it, Shane Black almost gives them, gives the idea or predicts the uh, 9-11 attacks. Nice. <laughs> out. By quite literally um, saying one of the characters states that, that they attempted to blow up... Um, the, the government attempts to blow up the Twin Towers uh, to incite a, uh, a political war. So, Ooh. yeah. Hmm. When, he's, when they're explaining it, um, cause I, I remember that uh, bit. I, I, it has had a Blu-ray release uh, in the US. But I remember that bit, and I remember it sort of it being kind of muted as that's why it never kind of ends up on TV or on Blu-ray or on like iTunes and things like that is because of that kind of makes sense. little, and you kind of go, well, do you know what? Yeah, I can kind of see yeah. it. Um, 
And the final one we watched wasn't one uh, that was uh, bought from CEX. Uh, it was a, it was a tradition of now what I always do whenever I go to the cabin uh, is I always watch Hot Tub Time Machine in a hot tub. So I watched Hot Tub Time Machine at midnight last night in a hot tub drinking gin and beer. Um, and I still don't care what people say. I couldn't give a shit what people think about that movie. I, I still absolutely adore it. I like that you like it so much. Yeah, it is. It's one of those movies where... The minute I start watching it, I just get hit by a wave of calm and a wave of, do you know what? For the next for the next ninety odd minutes, I, I'm just gonna enjoy a movie that I actually like that most people hate. Good for you. Good for yeah, you. Yeah. So that was. Yeah. Exactly. That was what I watched. I can probably now to the point of where I can recite that movie pretty much from start to finish. I know. But it's it's still there's still some just fucking great fucking cracks in that. Uh, right, yes, yeah, so that that's it. That's 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 everything I watched, which was quite a lot last week. Actually. Yeah, fair play, man. That was good. Um, okay, so uh, we don't have any emails. Um, but let's have a look. What's weird? I know we have at least one Twitter question. Oh, I, I actually have a question for you. Oh, okay. um, quickly, uh, I noticed you posted on. Um, Instagram the other day that you'd received Chappie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck it. Oh, oh. Have you not watched it yet? Oh. Uh, no, I, well, I've watched bits. Yes. I, just, uh, it, it, I started watching bits and I was like, I don't know whether I could be asked to watch Chappie again for two hours. <laughs> as much as I like it, like I watched it twice last year and I'm like, I have this now. It's something that you might want to watch again in two or three years' time, but you don't know that you want to watch it just, right I now. I was just like, I want to see what it looks like in 4K, and now I know what it looks like in 4K. But you also got Room, I noticed, on there, on Blu-ray. Yes. So is that it now? You're you're off digital and you're back on Blu-ray and, um, when, and 4K? When I do buy things, yeah, I think, yeah, probably, but I don't, I'm not going to be buying in nearly the fucking amount that I used to. I'll say that for free. And so you bought room on 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 Blu-ray. Yeah, because like Studio Canal. How much was it? Oh, Fifteen quid. Is it not available on iTunes then? Um, it might be. I don't know. Yeah, thirteen ninety nine. It's quite expensive, though, isn't yeah. it? Extra quid. Right. Here's here's a point that that I'm going to kind of throw out there. It is. I'm fully on board with the digital train now. Uh, I, I'm only going to buy the odd thing on Blu-ray. Um, but, for instance, when I just look for Room then, right, um, next to it, uh, on the little iTunes tab bit, it was Boiler Room, um, the 2000 movie, um, which essentially was the kind of inspired by the uh, Wolf Wall Street book um, and the, the whole story of, um, what's his name, from Wolf of Wall Street. Um now, I clicked on that and thought, ooh, boy, I haven't seen that in ages. I'd quite like to rewatch that. $13.99. Why the fuck's Boiler Room $13.99? If that had been $5.99, I'd have bought it and been watching it tonight. But it's not. It's $13.99. And that is insanity that that movie is that much money to buy. It is, yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's... The, the pricing on iTunes is it's weird. odd. It's really odd. Because sometimes you can get really, really, really good deals. Really good deals. But then if something's not on sale, it's like, I'm not paying that for that. Well, I want, yeah, I don't buy something that's, that's not on sale. But, I mean, for instance, like, um, today I bought uh, Prisoners. Oh, how much was that? Um, 
Three ninety nine. Really? You see, there you go. That's fine. That's brilliant. That's that's spot. I'll happily pay three ninety nine for prisoners. Uh, currently, the fighter is three ninety nine. Uh, Perks from a wall flower is three ninety nine. Um, yeah. So there's you know there's, there's some decent stuff. Blade Runner, the thirtieth anniversary edition, is three ninety nine on iTunes. Oh, I think that might now, have extras as well. Yeah, I, now I already own that on Blu-ray three times, actually, I own Blade Runner on Blu-ray, because it's Becky's favourite movie. But that's almost making me go, oh, I, might, I might just get that, just, just so I've bought it on every possible format you can buy it on. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so you do get stuff like that, but then you get the random weirdness of things being $13.99. Like, I really want um, to buy Deep Cover. But it doesn't have a, I don't think it has a, a, a Blu-ray. Um, and it is, I keep checking this on iTunes like weekly, and I haven't checked it yet this week. Um, films. It appears to maybe not even be there anymore. I know it is still there, deep cover, 13.99. See, that's, if if that was 7.99, I'd buy it. But I'm not paying 13.99 for it. It's, it's, it's insanity. And why is it thirteen ninety nine? It's a nineteen ninety two movie that you know that barely anybody's seen. I'd love to know how many copies of that they've sold at thirteen ninety nine. Exactly, and I guarantee you, you stick that on at five ninety nine and stick it on, you know, put it. I don't know, Jeff Goldblum because Independence Day is coming out. Sure. Um, you know, is it going to get dropped down to five ninety nine there? Who knows? I hope so, but I doubt it. But yeah, so I just can't bring myself to spend thirteen ninety nine on it. Yeah, I, I, that's that, I don't know. That's the thing. Like with the physical media, at least I kind of have a choice, and I'm not a captive market. But at, at the same time, it, it like I don't know. I, I'm not going to be buying nearly as much, man. I mean, it's like if I think something's going to come out on four K in the foreseeable, I will wait. It's mm. just because I don't think Room's going to come out on four K in the foreseeable. So. Yeah, you know it, well, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I'm literally with it now. Uh, I'm not buying that much. Uh, I've got enough that I can watch with going to the cinema. For instance, Hateful Eight's been out for a couple of weeks now uh, on uh, on iTunes mm. and and physical media. Uh, I really like. There's a really nice looking steelbook of it, and I might get that. Um, but beyond that, at the moment, I'm also can I even be bothered to buy it? There's a Build Your Collection sale on as well that's just come up. On uh, iTunes? Yeah, two ninety nine movies. What is that? Uh, films at two ninety nine. You've got Titanic. Solid. We Bought a Zoo, In Time, Predator, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I'll just give you some kind of greatest hits. Um, and that's pretty much it for the two ninety nine ers um, That's worth it, yeah. Um Three ninety nine. Uh, what have you got here? Uh, Prometheus, The Heat, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, Commander, Die Hard, uh, Fallen Our Stars, The A Team, Lincoln, uh, Monuments Men, The Counselor. Uh, what else have we got? That's pretty much it. And then there's a few kind of four ninety nine, uh, including the most recent Hitman, uh, Kingsman, Spy, Taken Three, uh, Dawn of Planet of the Apes. That's not bad. That's no, some of those, yeah, some of those quite good. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's, I, I, I don't know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I can't be, 
I can't be asked unless it really comes at me. And I'm like, yeah, I want that now. I, 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 I kind of, even though I've gone back to physical media, I still am slightly adverse to just buying shit now. I think that, like, not buying shit for a while and then going back to it has just made me think, do I actually want this before I buy it? Well, that's it. You know, it's... You look at... Sometimes you look at things and go, right, how much have I spent and, and how much am I actually going to watch? Because I, I can quite easily go through... Um, you know, I, I can quite easily have those 2 dollars those 3.99ers, uh, buy, spend 25 quid. But I might not watch some of them for six months, maybe even longer. So what's the point? Why don't I just double two of those together and get some of, three of those together and get some of this 12 quid that I'm going to watch today? But I can't bring myself to do it. It's really weird, what is it? But yeah, it's it's kind of that. I'm looking at it going, it's not that I don't want to spend the money, it's just, do I really need to? Oh, I'll tell you what as well, right? The 4K player, mm. you play a DVD in there, like, we were playing Lottie's Blaze and the Monster Machines DVD in there the other day. Random hmm. lines appear on the screen. Oh. Where it's like, it's trying to do upscaling and, and can't can. deal with it. Is, is it alright with Blu-ray doing Blu-rays that? Just DVD? And 4K, it seems to be fine. But, yeah, it's noticeable though. Like, Donna was like, what's that? And I was like, I haven't got a fucking clue. Are you tempted to stick an old Blu-ray in it? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't real kind of like first run fucking Blu-ray and see what that looks Maybe. like. Maybe. I mean, we watched... Um, oh, shit. I watched Star Wars The Force Awakens again. Um, again, again? Yeah. Oh, I was the first time I no, watched again, it on again. Because uh, Don, uh, Don hadn't seen it yet. And at the end of it, she actually... When Luke turned around and lifted it and undid his hood, she actually said, who's that? Brilliant. Because um, she didn't recognise him. I was like, are you serious? She was like... What, that's Luke Skywalker? I was like, yeah. Oh, I didn't recognise him. Oh, he looks different, doesn't he? But it, it, it's true. He does look a lot older. Yeah, you know, so, but I don't know. <laughs> I looked at her like, are you actually taking the piss? I, I don't know if you are or not. But no, to be <laughs> fair, he does look different. So, you know, but it made me laugh. Sweet. But yeah, there you go. I, 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 I don't know. I'm kind of out of juice. I don't know about you. <laughs> no, I think we got any questions or anything? Oh yeah, we got a couple actually. Um, cool. So TGP seventy three, which character from the Australian soap Neighbours, past or present, would you most want to live next to, and why? Toady, because he'd have good parties. But he'd respect you if you want if you wanted him to shut up. Um. Oh, I, I once did. Toady have. Was Toadie the one that had a, a little brother? Yeah. Oh, no, it was Toadie. No, Stonefish, Stonefish was the brother. Was the older was, brother and Toadie was the older brother. Toadfish, yeah. I got into a minor scuffle with him in a pub in York. Really? Yes, because he was absolutely hammered, uh, right? And I stood next to him at a urinal. He's absolutely hammered. And I turned around and kind of looked at him. And you know, because you, you, occasionally when you're a little bit drunk, you make eye contact with yeah. somebody at a urinal. And it's, it's weird. And I thought... I made eye contact and thought, why do I recognise that guy? And he turned around and went, sorry, why are you looking at me peeing? But as he turned around, he turned around holding his junk. Oh, no. And I was like, whoa, dude, you kind of just peed on my foot a little bit there. And he's like, yeah, but you were looking at me peeing. I was like, I thought I recognised you. He was in, was it two pints of lager and a packet of crisps or something like that? 
over here, something like that. Anyway, I was like, you, you just peed on my foot. He's like, you, you were looking at all those peeing. I was like, yeah, because I thought I recognised. Where do I recognise you from? And then he told me, he's like, ah, oh, that's it. He's like, yeah, but we haven't we haven't kind of worked through this you looking while I'm peeing yeah. thing. It's like, I just explained it to you. I vaguely recognised you from something. And then he pushed me, but at a really like half-ass push. Like his brain had said, push him. And halfway through doing it, he went, ah, really? You probably shouldn't, actually. This is quite an unreasonable understanding. Yeah. And in the end, I ended up having a pint with him. Uh, and sat with him, you know, I went out a couple of, I drink from him a couple of times in York. Oh, nice. uh, but yeah, so yeah, he was a, a random one. Uh, whoever who, whoever uh, Chris Hemsworth played, because I'm guessing he was pretty fucking cool. Uh, yeah, of course he was in it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, or, or Russell Crowe. Because Russell Crowe is in one of them. I'm sure he was. <laughs> Yeah, he might have been. I, 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 he, he, will have, he will have been. Russell Crowe will have been in one of them. <laughs> I will, what, if we've got any other questions, I will find out. Uh, yeah, do it. Um, at Drashig, Christopher Martin, pub film screenings, good idea. No. <sighs> Depends. No, if I'm in a pub and I'm actually with people, I'll have a chat. Like, if I want to watch a film... I'll be in a setting more conducive to watching a film. I'd be pretty hardcore on that, in fairness. Um, I, I, I don't mind having having hosted um, screenings in pubs. Um, they have their merits in some way. The problem is, it's whether or not you're going to have them um, where the film is on and people are paying to go and see the film. The problem is you'll have people who are paying to go and see the film in that environment where it's screened bigger than the screen they've got at home and they want to watch the film versus those who are paying to go and watch it where they can drink and have a laugh with watching the film. So then you've got to look at what you're going to screen. For instance, you wouldn't fucking screen Schindler's List in a pub, but you could screen something like Return of the Living Dead that we screened. The problem is then you're hitting the point of some people who want to just sit and watch the film and some people who kind of want to react to the film there. So you kind of end up with this weird... Um, kind of mix up of, of what's going on really so it ends up being not everything quite kind of sits really uh it's a really strange kind of uh, way that it works in the sense that i agree with the idea of it but in practicality it just it, it doesn't really work really yeah. but then again die hard was the, the last film we screened i think um and we screened it just around kind of Christmas. Uh, I think it was even like on the d- December the 23rd. And we kind of said, oh, by the way, he was, he was in Nervous. Um, oh, nice. Quite a few episodes, actually. Um, uh, yeah, when we said, you know, we we want this to be more of a, a, a interactive thing. We want everyone to get a little bit drunk and we want people to kind of react to it. So we pre-warned people beforehand before that and it ended up being probably our most popular screening to be honest oh nice well fair enough then yeah uh, and that was when we moved from an, a, a, a club to an actual pub setting and the reason why we ended up stopping doing the pub was because we couldn't marry up the idea of it, everything sort of fitting together with the movies it, it didn't quite kind of work out yeah 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 no no quite I, that was a shame I, I don't know I just it's uh, I, I there's a particular environment I'd want to watch a film in. That's not one of them. Yeah. I, I, the thing is, I wouldn't go and see one. Yeah. Because if I'm watching a film, I want to watch the yeah, film. But if I happen to turn up in a pub and uh, they were showing Escape from New York, for instance, I would probably be kind of half watching it and half having a conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, which, I don't know, I, I don't think I'd be very comfortable with. Yeah. 
Um, and that is it. Cool. Nice. Uh, okay, so um, next week, everybody wants some? Yes. Yes. Is that what's, is that what's out? Yes. It's that uh, green room's out as well, so, I mean, you could do oh, yourself. Oh, that was it, yeah. Yeah, so you could do yourself a double header with that. Yes, I see what I can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the because that's the spiritual sequel to um, Dazed and Confused, isn't it? Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, seeing how um, Richard Linklater takes on the the frat house. Yeah, fucking right. It should be should be interesting. I think should be interesting. Yeah, pretty, pretty that's is always interesting. Pretty pretty good. Um, and that is going to be it. Um, I'm gonna go and be a dad, and Mark's not. No, I'm not. I'm I'm only going to eat. There you go. And uh, (laughs) we'll speak to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you very much, guys. Bye.